0: There is something to this whole spoonful of sugar idea. Uh Uh-huh. Damn, Mary Poppins, you were on to some shit. But it's
1: infectious. I mean, the reason I talk about this stuff is because it's infectious. And because Mm. the more you work with people you want to work with, you're inspired and energized and love being around, the less work feels like actual work. the less overwhelmed and exhausted and drained you're going to feel of the day, the more you are going to be a full and overflowing cup to give to others and yourself. And the more you're going to allow inspiration to ride through you.
0: Welcome to two Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the firecracker known as Laura Kalil. Laura Khalil is the host of the top 125 Apple podcast, Brave by Design. It's so good. Focus on sharing personal development for professional success. Today, she helps service-based businesses grow their brand and client list and get booked solid through podcasting. She's consulted with some of the world's most recognizable brands on marketing. Her clients include Intel, GE, Twitter, and more. Laura, queen of podcasting, it is an honor to have your highness on my show, (laughs) but I must start with a question, which for you, madam, is what do small business owners need to focus on this week? (laughs) Annie, I love that. You know, as I was thinking
1: about my response to that, there's really one thing that comes to mind and and I want to frame it for the audience this way. What are you going to do in your business? Who are you going to work with this week? Who is going to bring you more joy?
0: Oh, (laughs) I mean, I'm going to cry because the answer to that question for me is you. Oh, same girlfriend. Dumped me. (laughs) Y'all Laura came on my podcast to make me cry. But I love that question. Like in all seriousness, one of the main things that I hear from people that I bond with in this business that brings me so much pride is that people will say, you bring so much joy to my day-to-day. And I think that's just such a beautiful compliment because we don't often think about, like we think about impact or we think about value, but I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that we can bring so much companionship and fun and vibrancy to each other's lives. Absolutely. Tell me more about that. Well, you know, it's interesting because I
1: think of joy as a an endless well that you can fill your cup from and fill others' cup from. So, you know, sometimes right so sometimes in business we get overwhelmed We get exhausted. And so we usually try to treat the symptom. But what we don't do is actually go to the cause of the overwhelm, of the burnout, of the exhaustion, which can be a few things. But the one thing that I see a lot of small business owners doing is being incredibly focused on uh, just bringing in clients because Mm -hmm. we're afraid. And we're scared that if I don't get money in the door, what's going to happen? Yeah. Rather than developing a red velvet rope policy, Mm. which literally says, who can I bring in? Who gets past my red velvet rope? Who comes in the door that not just, and I'm not just talking about their industry, but I'm talking about their personality. I'm talking about how you get along with them. Um, the things that they like, how do they light you up so that when you work with them, you feel that joy, you receive it and you give it and business naturally becomes less stressful, less overwhelming. We're getting paid what we want to get paid. We're working on things that Energize us and inspire us. It starts with joy. It starts with getting very intentional.
0: Why do you about our clients? Hear so much about inspiration and energy, both of which are super important. Mm -hmm. Why do you think those things are like touted, touted, touted for forever, but not joy? Like why do we? Why do you think we aren't having more conversations about joyful? solopreneurship or joyful entrepreneurship? So Annie back, well, one patriarchy, because Mm -hmm.
1: when we are an entrepreneur, we are in many ways opting into a patriarchal way of doing business. And I know a lot of us are trying to undo that and Mm -hmm. to learn healthier ways of doing that. But that patriarchal thing is work hard, play hard, right? Mm -hmm. It is Mm -hmm. no days off. I mean, listen to the language that you hear. No days off. Work hard, play hard, blood, sweat, and tears. Everything is telling you you've got to kill yourself, yeah, to get a result. Okay, so that's Pedal the first
0: of the metal, right? Burn candle at both ends. It's all very, uh, aggressive, self very aggressive, very
1: aggressive. It's not, there's, there's nothing in that language, and I'm not saying that language is full on bad, wrong, hundred percent of the time. Sometimes we do need to put the pedal to the metal, but sometimes we also need to be able to receive. Mm -hmm. And that's the more feminine aspect uh, or feminine energy, matriarchal energy that we don't see as much in business. Usually that more masculine energy is go, go, go drive, drive, drive. But there's another part that is what can I receive in, what do I want to receive into my world? If I stop driving for a second, what would I love to welcome in? How can I get intentional about that? And that's where we don't focus. And why? Well, let me tell you a little story.
0: Please yeah. do, but you have to start it with once upon a time.
1: Once upon a time, I'm working in the San Francisco tech scene. Okay. I am freshly, I know, did, did we both vomit? Um,
0: Chicago tech scene to San Francisco tech scene. Um, yeah. Expats. We got yeah. out. <laughs> it's, it's like a recovery group. Yeah. Right? Continue 100%. your beautiful story that I tried to derail with my you didn't derail. gagging noises.
1: You didn't. Der- it's okay. Girl, listen. Everyone gags. It's okay. Um, so.
0: <laughs> There's a theme of the episode, listeners. Everybody gags. okay.
1: It's
0: okay. Listen.
1: So I'm in the San Francisco tech scene. I'm in my. 20s, I am um, really, you know, new to the work world. And I remember my boss, I had a one-on-one with him. And we were talking about job responsibilities and what I was, you know, up to and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I said something to him about, well, you know, I'm really feeling weighted down by certain um, parts of my job. I'd love to bring things that are more into it. Now, fun is the cousin of joy. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, Laura, work is not supposed to be fun. So I received a message very early on in my career, like many people, that work is not fun. And by the way, for everyone who's listening, think about the model your parents or primary caregivers taught you about work. Was work a constant source of stress for your parents or f- primary caregivers, was works that something that caused parents or primary gar- caregivers to never be around, to be distracted, to not be present with you. And what well, happened? Something
0: they resented, right? Right. Oh like,
1: my job. Right. Ugh,
0: gotta go to work. Ugh, right. That energy, too. That
1: whole energy, and we carry that around. And so, my boss at the time, he's carrying around his small T trauma. And he's putting it on me saying, well, Mm -hmm. this isn't supposed to be fun because I've never, I've never had fun work in my life is what he's telling me. Work hard, play hard, you know? Um, And that is in one reason why we don't see a lot of companies talking about joy. The fact Mm -hmm. is, if you have your employees or if you yourself as a small business owner uh, are focused, I, I mean, just everyone listen to this. If you are focused on the activities that you find joy and inspiration in, and for everyone who says, I don't know what that is, what's the thing that you do during the day where you could lose two hours and when you're done with it, you're more energized than when you started. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. When you're in flow, those activities are where you need to be focused as a business owner. The other stuff needs to be delegated.
0: I think that's so freaking key because number one, I hadn't really thought about, I hadn't really put value under the enjoyment beyond enjoyment, right? But like, I was just talking to my dad yesterday and my dad listens to every single episode of every single show I'm on, like at least twice, including this podcast. Hi, Hi, dad. Right. And he'll be like, oh, my God, Laura from Break by Design. My dad knows. Hi, dad. Um, but, you know, I was talking to him about what's going on with me and the show and my goals for this show and all of these things. And I told him, I'm just like, I love my podcast. It just brings me so much joy. I said that yesterday. But even then, I wasn't saying like it's bringing out my best work because I get to do it in joy. But mm-hmm. now that you're bringing this up, I'm like, yes. That is totally true. I love this podcast dearly. It brings me joy. And because I look forward to it with joy and show up in joy, it delivers joy. Right. At least I've been told that it does. And guess what happens? Then you are, and we already know, I mean, Annie,
1: I already know this about you. And the listeners know this, but it makes you magnetic. It makes you charismatic. It makes you someone that people want to learn more from. Now let's talk about your show for a second because this is a great example. What do you do? You show up as the best version of yourself and you give it a hundred percent every time you're here with a guest. But what you're not doing is you're not doing the editing, you're not doing post production. No. Right. You're not you're delegating, you're delegating yep. those lower priority tasks to someone who is more well suited to do them, who gets you know their cup filled, hopefully. From performing them,
0: and that's what I'm talking about. You know, we had a really great episode too about delegation on this show, um, which I just so totally love because it is something that I definitely struggle with. And they had to remind you that, like, for some people, for you, your job is your mission, your quest, your calling, your purpose—all these big capital letter proper mm-hmm. nouns. But for my podcast editor, hi Andrew. Um, who really enjoys the show and likes working on it. So he tells me and and I love working with him. But at the end of the day, do I think that Andrew has a deep abiding passion for this podcast? No. Do I think he has a deep abiding passion for the medium? Yes. And do I think that he enjoys the small amount of money that I send him routinely to edit these episodes? Also, yes, because he's getting joy from the money I send him or not having to go out and find it elsewhere. But he doesn't have to derive personal joy from work. And also,
1: I would bet you that Andrew likes working with you. You get past his red velvet rope policy. Nobody wants Mm. to work with nightmare clients, period. So like, you're also a joy for him to work with, which is why he keeps doing it, which brings him more joy because he is seeing the fruits of his labor.
0: (laughs) I'd argue that I'm a joyful nightmare. Like I'm a nightmare client, but at least I'm a joyful one.
1: I don't know that you're okay. Well, we'll get Andrew. We'll do like a group therapy thing. We'll talk about it. Listen, we can work. Through... I can facilitate. I am excellent at I will facilitate the conversation, the conflict, whatever it is, we'll get to the bottom, Annie.
0: But you know what? I think it, there is something to this whole spoonful of sugar idea. Uh-huh. Right? They're really damn Mary Poppins, you were on
1: to some shit. But it's infectious. I mean, the reason I talk about this stuff is because it's infectious and because the more you work with people you want to work with, you're inspired and energized and love being around. The less work feels like actual work. Yes. The less overwhelmed and exhausted and drained you're going to feel of the day, the more you are going to be a full and overflowing cup to give to others and yourself. And the more you're going to allow inspiration to ride through you because you're not just trying to get off every call or stop every, finish every service assignment and get away from it. Imagine you're in your work. I mean, just like, imagine, like, think about people who hate their job, full mm-hmm. if they're an entrepreneur or not, all they're trying to do is repel their work. They're trying right. to get away from their work. Now, what happens energetically when you say, I hate my work, I'm trying to repel it. You're not going to do very good work. Your work stinks. You're going to repel dream clients. Yeah. Because you're not showing up in the right energy for anyone to want to work with you that is of quality.
0: It sets you up to be the mayor of Burnoutville, too. Exactly. Exactly. Because you're not being fed. Even if you're getting paid, you're not being fed. So you're going to just do all the things we talked about. Burn the candle at both ends. Put a front on and all these things. And I think that like, you know, part of the promise of entrepreneurship to all of us who went through what I refer to as the great lemuring, which is where we all like <laughs> held hands and jumped off this cliff so inspired funny. by like Chris Guillebeau and Tim Ferriss and Danielle LaPorte right. and Marie Forleo were like, take the jump, And all of us were like, Woo! do any yeah. of us have sales training? That right. great lemuring. I think part of the reason why that was sold so beautifully and the appeal of it, even now, as we are coming out of a year of lockdown, Mm -hmm. you know, in Detroit and in Chicago Mm -hmm. and everything else is we're seeing everybody wants to buy land or an RV or just hit the Mm -hmm. road and get out of Dodge because we all feel so confined. Yes. Right. And, and as such, because we all feel so confined, entrepreneurship says, come be yourself, live in purpose, do all of these things. Yeah. What on earth are we doing this for if we cannot infuse our businesses with joy? What is the point? (laughs) Go stay with your 401k and your healthcare if you're not going to infuse your business with joy.
1: You know, Annie, this is so true. Now, I want to say something because I do think that the Tim Ferrises of the world sold uh not a clean bill bill of goods because a lot of people got into this stuff thinking four-hour work week. And mm-hmm. and I just wanna say, to or I'm gonna make so much passive income, yes. I'm never actually gonna have to work. And I think a lot of people are chasing that, which yes. I is not, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it really ends well for most people. For some people it does, but. Um,
0: nah but that easy button entrepreneurship is basically just a get rich quick scheme. I'm not saying that Tim yes. Ferriss is promoting get rich quick schemes. I'm saying that idea and that movement is the face that launched a million get rich quick schemes. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So here's what I want to say to
1: people who are listening. I'm not saying that it's not hard. Like, I'm not saying that being an entrepreneur and infusing joy makes it easy. No one said that, but why don't I, to your point, enjoy what I'm going to do eight hours a day and love what I'm going to do eight hours a day. And maybe sometimes on the weekends, why don't I take the risk of scaring the shit out of myself by contacting strangers to buy my courses, to work with me. If it's not going to bring me joy and if it's not going to, if I don't really believe in what I'm doing, why, why are we doing it? It's the same thing.
0: So we have to accept. It's so simple and so profound. Like everybody right now, I'm going to tell you what the homework is right now, because I'm deciding it right now. We're all going to do a joy audit of our businesses. We're going to look at every single detail. And remember, remember what Laura said, y'all. And I want to really, really drive this home. She is not saying that if you work from a place of joy, every workday will be sunshine and fucking rainbows. That's not what she's saying. These things are jobs. We have to pay our taxes. We have to do the grunt work. We have to do with customer service. We all have to get rejected and deal with clients that flake and blah, 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 9,000 things. There are freaking bumps in this road that feel like a roller coaster. That being said... If why would we weather all of these freaking bumps if at yeah. the end of the road we didn't go? But at least I did this thing that caused joy today. Exactly. Or if we're postponing that joy, I'm gonna follow this roller coaster for two freaking years so eventually I can have joy. Why are we postponing the joy? Why? Why? What is that? Oh, I will tell you
1: what that is, Annie. I will. T- but first, let me tell. Hold on. First, let me tell you one thing. I may I add on to your homework assignment please do. Okay. I want everyone listening to this to for Annie's audit for your homework. I want you to go and write down a list of all your clients. And I want you to circle the ones who, when you are done working with them in whatever your capacity is with them, you just feel so good. Okay. And I want you to begin to identify why you feel so good. Write down traits, They make me laugh. You know, I don't work with people if they're not funny. Like that is seriously like a trait for me because I love to joke. I like to have a good time. And if I'm going to work with someone who's a stick in the mud, which by the way, I have worked with people who are sticks in the muds. I have been paid on multi-five figure retainers to work with people like that. And
0: guess what? It is a fucking nightmare. Some money is too expensive to take the best thing i ever learned from my coach coach jenny some money is too expensive to take because it costs too much of you and one of the things for me is like you only work with people that make you laugh i don't drag anybody if we're not going to skip and hold hands through this process then i don't want to work with you but if you are ready to do the challenges together with full support then i want to be behind you pushing you across the finish line from a place of enthusiasm when you get exhausted. I don't drag people through my processes anymore. There was a time in my business where it would be like, get your website up, get your website up. The copy's been written for three weeks. (laughs) Why isn't your website up? Why hasn't this moved? Okay, I'll do it. You know what? I'm not a web designer, but you're taking forever. So I'll just do it. What happens? You wind up resenting the clients you wanted to serve. They are not the right people for you to be serving if they're causing that resentment in you or they are the right people and you need better boundaries. The only way to tell if it's A or B is in practice. Exactly. But I think your joy test, your metal detector yes. of joy would cut that even more. Do I like working with this person? Does this person yeah. bring me joy? Absolutely. And, and that's just the simplest
1: thing. You want more of that. So you're going to identify more of that in your life and you're going to cut out and dump the duds. Over time, so that that's really how I approach my own business. It's why I love my clients. It's why I'm excited to do the work that I do. And, it, but let me talk about postponing joy because you also mentioned this, and this is this to me goes back to something from childhood. Okay, everyone listening, raise your hand. I'm raising my hand right now. If you were told or asked repeatedly by your family what do you wanna do when you grow up, <gasps> right? Everyone is asked not what they wanna to do today, not how they can be the change they wanna see in the world today, but what okay. you wanna do in an imagined future. And so we are constantly from a very young age postponing our dreams, postponing what we Dang. deserve.
0: Dang.
1: <laughs> so everyone says, I'll do this later. I'll do this when I have X, Y, or Z, these imagined things that are suddenly going to make me happy because you have been taught from a very young age that you do not have it. Now you could potentially have it later, but guess what?
0: You are chasing a carrot on a stick. I'm getting I don't know why I'm going to have to ask my therapist. I'm getting a little weepy thinking about that. Getting a little weepy. Yeah. You know what though? Like, I wasn't going to transition us here, and we can always go back to these topics, but there is a quote from today's pop culture topic that I think is so perfectly tied into what you just said. There's this really amazing scene in something that brings both of us joy, the John Candy, John Hughes classic, Uncle Buck, where Uncle Buck goes into his niece Maisie's school to talk to this horrible, warty assistant principal. And she tells him very disdainfully that his six-year-old niece is not taking her academic career seriously. And Buck's response to that is, I don't think I want to know a six-year-old who takes their academic career seriously. And for me, that's what's (laughs) coming up when you're saying like, why are we looking so hard into the future instead of the present, whether we're six or 36, right? Right. Like, why are we trying to say, well, you're not taking the right things seriously, instead of, you know, focusing on the long term. And I think that's because we have all of these runways as a kid, like, Get through Mm -hmm. elementary school, then get through high school, then decide if you're going to college and either go into a trade or follow that ladder or go through college or follow that ladder. And then we get onto a career ladder and we're so used to like, okay, and then the path that I'm laying out ahead of me is this. And then the Uncle Bucks of the world are like, dude, she's six.
1: And also, you know, this is a real, exactly. And this is really interesting. I'm just thinking of this as we're talking. Think about Uncle Buck, right? So you have got, this miserable family, Mm -hmm. like miserable. And you know what they've done, Annie? They have done everything they were told to do to be quote unquote successful in the world. Yeah. And then you have this quote unquote fuck up uncle buck who shows up. What does he do? He shakes it up by being himself unabashedly by bringing, by bringing joy into their lives by not listening when, and I'm not saying his life is together. We know his life is not fully together, but he has a handle on joy and he is willing
0: to share that with others. And he transforms that family. He also breaks it down. Like he's like, I am going to psychologically torture my niece's terrible boyfriend, but I'm going to do it in a way that brings me joy. It's really fun. Yeah. Where he's like, making himself laugh. He's like, come over here. Let me show you this sharpened hatchet. And he's like sharpening the hatchet, like so ridiculous. But underneath that, yeah, he's upsetting his niece, which in that aspect is what he wants. He's traumatizing the boyfriend, which is definitely what he wants. But then he gets to have a good chuckle and put his, you know, his hatchet back in the, he's the making. I a, love that. He's making a point with humor, but he's also mm-hmm. setting
1: clear boundaries and expectations at the same time. I love so my favorite scene is I would chant so there's that scene we might remember he's where he's driving his niece um to high school and he's in <laughs> that um horrible horrible car, car and it just like <laughs> explodes and right. everybody ducks because but, but here's the thing Annie that's how loud you have to be to get noticed. And I want Whoa. everyone, I want everyone listening to this. I want you to get in your hoopty, your whatever that is for you. <laughs> and I want you to blow us away so we cannot miss you. Okay. And the best I, thing that, is when that she, says, she
0: says, has anyone ever embarrassed right? you like this before? And John Candy takes this amazing beat where he just looks at her and goes, no. I love it. And it's not necessarily yes. about embarrassing other people or embarrassing yourself, but it doesn't. You do have to get loud. You, you do need have to get loud and proud. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, he shakes it up. I mean, we were, I know you and I were talking before we started um, recording today about, I think, what is my favorite scene, which is the giant pancake yes. um, that he makes for um, Miles's birthday. And It's just this whole notion of like, how do we do things differently, right? Yeah. How can we either supersize what we do? How can we surprise and delight people Mm -hmm. in how we show up? That's all Uncle Buck is doing. He is surprising. You also find out that
0: he made toast that can't fit through (laughs) the door. So not only is the giant pancake spectacle so incredibly joyful, There's more joy in the kitchen that can't make it to the dining room. Like, what an amazing thing of that red velvet rope treatment that you're talking about is like, I'm going to bring you this amount of joy. But there's even more joy inside the rope and inside the VIP lounge inside the rope. There is toast that won't even fit through (laughs) a door. (laughs) The toast, we can't get it into the club. Like, we can't even do it. We can't. John Candy mm-hmm. cannot maneuver the piece of bread yeah. into a tiny Macaulay Culkin. Like he just cannot do it. <laughs> I love that. Can I? Can I say
1: something else though about Uncle Buck? Because this is we haven't really talked too much about this. But as I was watching the sh- the the show, watching the movie, you know, Uncle Buck. I mean, there's like an interesting branding challenge that he has, right? Because his reputation is trash with the uh, his brother and certainly his sister-in-law. There's that scene where he opens the wedding album and he sees that his part of the wedding photo has been like turned over. Like they want nothing to do with him because of perceived reputation. Now, obviously by the end of the movie, he completely turns that around by showing them who he actually is, even as a flawed character, you don't have to be perfect to be loved. But I would say to everyone who's listening, like when you think about your branding, how are people talking about you right now in the marketplace?
0: Mm.
1: What are they saying? You know, because sometimes they're saying great things and that's awesome. But we also have to pay attention to maybe, you know, things that, are like, oh, that's not how I want to be perceived, you know, yeah. or oh, that's a little off, off brand. Not
0: that it's a bad thing; it's just a little off brand for me.
1: So or you know, it's not
0: landing quite right. Like Correct. I intend to land like this, but it's actually coming off like this. Exactly. And I think about this all the time with my energy, all the time, because my energy is not for all people, mm-hmm. and so there are a whole lot of people out there who perceive me as pretty damn obnoxious. Here's the thing. How I perceive that. I can't that. even believe that, but okay. No, but it's true. But the thing is, though, do is that something that I need to be aware of? Yes, because if I know that there are people out there that feel like my energy, my over exuberance is assaulting. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to say, well, am I doubling down on that anyway, knowing that those people out there exist and just trying not to not to piss off or poke the haters, but just be aware of their presence. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm signing up for a TED talk, maybe should I turn the volume on the screeching down just a tiny bit? Mm. Maybe I should adapt just a tiny bit because that's not how I want to be perceived. It depends. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's so true in uncle buck too. It's like, he does have to look at himself yes. and his behavior. And it does make him a better person to say, I don't think I'm the way my family perceives me. But why right. do they perceive me this way? Oh, I am a giant man child. Maybe I yes. should rein it in a little. I'm not <laughs> a drunk loser asshole like my family right. thinks I am. But I'm also not a very responsible, functional human. So, you know, it's give and take. But you know, you know what's so great about him as well is
1: he... Everything. He, I mean, seriously, like I was watching that. (laughs) I was literally watching that movie and I was like, how do we not have Jen Candy with us? Like, it just breaks my heart to even watch it. But I mean, it's a great movie. But he answers the phone at two in the morning when his estranged brother calls him. And you know what he does? He says, fuck yes, I'll do that. I mean, if that doesn't tell you about someone's character, I'm sorry. That is huge. And it makes me think about us and it makes me think about what are we willing to stand up for what are we willing to do that's scary he does this guy doesn't know anything about kids you know he's he has, doesn't remember their names but he's like i will show up and i will do this and i will try my best
0: he doesn't remember their names but he understands their importance in his life yeah and then at the end like when tia is still being his 15 year old niece for those of you who are not up on this um when she's just been an unbelievable brat the entire movie, mm-hmm. he finally just says to her, like, well, somebody you don't like very much loves you a whole lot. Oh. And it's like, oh, Yeah. But he learns, like, he learns. Like, I am not for everybody, but I still care and I still try and I still gotta show up and I'm gonna do it in my own idiom and also go bowling and make toast yes. that can't fit through doorways. Yeah. And 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 also. Everyone should go everywhere with a giant drill. I don't know why that's not common practice. Like, number one, for the horror movie potentiality of it all, but also just so practical. Like, think that someone's getting fresh with your 15-year-old niece? How am I going to knock this door down? Oh, I'm not. I'm just going to use this giant drill. Like, that's genius. It
1: is incredible. genius. You know, there's one more thing, Annie, I want to mention about this, which we've, we've sort of talked around. Uncle Buck is not for everyone, right? You know, he's not for the vice principal at the school. He's not for Bug, the um,
0: predatory boyfriend. Quarter. Why don't you go get a rat to gnaw that thing off of your <laughs> face? Like, what? I would cry if someone said that
1: to me. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of that's a little rough. But <laughs> he does something that we have to do in our businesses, and you've talked about this. Um, you've talked about being, you know, maybe being perceived at times as obnoxious. We all have to attract and yeah. repel in our marketing. It is mm. so important that I draw in the people who are going to see my freak flag and recognize it and be like, yes, girlfriend, I am with you. And that we repel the people who are not for us. And by the way, that starts with your red velvet rope policy that starts with who is for you and who is not for you and how you best show up and serve. But uncle Buck gets that. He's not a people pleaser. He's not trying to be, you know, like friends with everyone, you know, he gets it. And so I think that's a great lesson for us.
0: I think it really is too, again, because I've, I've been so hesitant to be repellent in many, many ways, but I think the antidote for that is joy. Yeah. Just more joy. It's not, it's just like, if I, if I can have a good time doing it, if I can mm-hmm. cause and create joy for myself and others, then if the hater comes at me, who cares? I had a great time. Not who cares, because it's still gonna sting, but like I yeah. do think it definitely softens the blow while mm-hmm. magnetizing and drawing your market. People, like yeah. you're saying. Yeah, I mean like if you're for everyone, listen, I don't care
1: we don't talk about business right now. If you think you're you are a nice person And everyone should like you. I'm going to tell you what, you're probably the most boring person on the face of the planet. Because (laughs) it's true. Like you, people have personality. Some people like my personality. Some people hate my personality. And that is okay. I am not for everyone. And I cannot control your reaction to me. All I can do is I can show up with love in my heart for people, with kindness over cruelty, the people who want to, you know, pick me can. And the people who say, I'm not into her style, they don't have to. But we all grow as business owners and as human beings on this planet, we all grow right at the border of support and challenge. And so do not oh. expect to be running oh. a business without any challenge. You need the challenges. Pick your challenges, my friends. Pick your challenges because those. Oh when you get intentional about like, what is the challenge I want? Then we can think about what is the support that's going to help me grow, elevate myself, elevate my personal development and get me to the next level. You will not exist on this earth without somebody disliking you. There is someone right now who dislikes you and guess what? It's okay. It's totally normal. And
0: we don't need to, we can just say, yep, that's true. And I'm moving on. If you would like proof, email me and I will send you an itemized list of people that dislike me. (laughs) Their email yeah. addresses and uh, snippets of hate mail that I have received. Wow. God. No, I'm being hyper. I don't know. You're why right. It's totally right. They, Yeah, it's totally. And it's also really normal. Like, it's also it's really... also their own stuff. Like, it yeah, just occurred to me in my 36th, almost 37th trip around this freaking sun on this earth of yeah. ours that sometimes people don't like me because they, something in me reminds me of something in themselves that they don't want to deal with. Or, yeah. or, or what if I look like their cousin that they freaking hate? They're right. never going to totally love me because they're going to see someone else in my face. I can't change that. And guess what? You don't have to take it on. You
1: it's don't not ha- about
0: me. It's not mine. And I think one of the hardest things that I had to learn, but also the most liberating, was like, okay, there are people out in the world right now that actively dislike me. And they impact my day-to-day by nothing. Right. Nothing. They They have no impact on my day-to-day except for short flare-ups of haterism, maybe on the internet. Right. But they, yeah. That's when it boils up. Most of the time, they just go around their merry lives Disliking me, and I don't even know, I don't even feel it.
1: And they impact you. it, it hurts by the amount of energy we give it. If you're going to give mm. the haters a lot of attention, you're going to magnify it. Now, mm. am I saying that people who are you shouldn't listen to anyone who's critical of your work? No, we can grow from people who say, Hey, this could have be, been done differently, or Hey, you know, I, you know, maybe I didn't like this or I'm learning this thing in your program. And like, I, I didn't totally get the concept. That's not a hater. That's someone who is literally a little message from the universe saying, hi, I am your teacher showing up how to make you better. Here's the challenge you asked for on your journey to support your growth. And we thank those people. Ooh. Did you know this was going to be Super Soul Sunday, Annie? I didn't either.
0: I didn't. Oprah, get up on the Annie and Laura train. Uh, I will say, can I tell them what happened the other day in our DMs? I don't remember, but sure. Our hashtag.
1: Somebody listened to
0: my episode of Laura's podcast and wanted Laura to know that her podcast, Brave by Design, And specifically, my episode on it was better than the episode of Brene Brown's podcast that day. So we started the uh, hashtag, hashtag, better than Brene, hashtag, accidental Super Soul Sunday. (laughs) Hashtag, one of these diva, wonderful goddesses is going to sue me. Hashtag, (laughs) oh, well, we'll have fun doing it. (laughs) Um, But I love that. And I love that I did not know. That sounded like I was yodeling. I did not know. I did not know that this episode was going to turn into an episode about haters, but I think that that's so freaking key when we're talking about joy because some people don't like yeah. to see other people enjoy. Oh so no, they, because they can't—they have no access to their own joy. And also, joy is the perfect way to respond to haters, hundred percent. Either with like matching yes. their sass or the stories that you see where somebody comes out a major celebrity with like all of this hate and then they reach out and they're like, why are you being so mean to me? I'm a nice person. Do You want to go get lunch on Zoom and like eat a sandwich and you could tell me why you dislike me so much and then we could just hang out. And then they wind up becoming friends with that person because they get on with Beyonce or whoever. Mm -hmm. And they're like, she's the nicest person in the whole world. She really genuinely cares about me. Taylor Swift isn't a bitch. She bought me a sweater. Like that (laughs) happens. When they're like, um, yes. it's sweet that you're throwing all this hatred at me. Here's mm-hmm. a picture of a cat. Are you right. having a bad day? Like, yeah, like, they don't know how to respond to joy. They don't.
1: You know, joy is very, uh, to your point, very subversive. Very mm-hmm. subversive. Because mm-hmm. we are often taught to just let it roll off just, you know, let it wash over you. But you know what this, and I'm not saying don't let things wash over you, but do it from the perspective of joy rather than repressing anger. Because when I repress anger, guess what happens? I start to do that thing called spiritual bypassing where I have all this. What's
0: spiritual bypassing?
1: Oh, have you never heard of this? No, teach. Okay. So spiritual bypassing can it and I'm not gonna say it's like a hundred percent of the time like this, but it's often where I'm like, oh well, like I really shouldn't be mad at them because you know, um this is just not their sole agreement. Mm. Or, you know, I have higher vibes, so mm. I can just go above all of this bad stuff happening, right? Ra- so you basically bypass emotion, you bypass feeling instead of saying. I'm actually kind of hurt by that and what yeah. they said like pissed me off and maybe I'm going to cry about it for five minutes and then you know what I'm going to do I'm going to choose joy I'm and I'm choose,
0: yeah, it's a choice
1: yes I'm going to choose joy and I'm going to let joy be the joy and curiosity frankly guide me forward and I, but I'm going to feel my feelings and if someone hurts you it is okay to feel hurt. You don't have to say, I'm going to be the bigger person. Please stop saying you're going to be the bigger person. Just say, wow, that, ouch, say, ouch. "Ouch." Like literally, if you're in a conversation with someone, even a friend or a family member, and they, they say something and it hurts you and you swallow it because you don't, you're like, oh, like, oh, and you can feel it in your whole body. Say out loud. Ouch. That hurts. Just try to stop swallowing feelings and bypassing because you're like oh, at a higher spiritual level than everyone else. That stuff creates so much rage within the new age community that is repressed. And it is, it's just unhealthy. So entirely unhealthy. And then you
0: turn into a hater. That's right. That's right. Haters, and you pre- haters are an outlet. Hating is an outlet. Trolling is an outlet of repressed emotion and frustration oh, totally. and anger and pain. So the more you stuff it, the more right. you're becoming hater-like Because that's becoming like Uncle Buck. 100%. Because
1: that's anger with yourself, that you're just projecting on the world. Every time we stuff an emotion, every time we do spiritual bypassing, we're disrespecting ourselves. And we, anything going on in our internal world anything going on internally we will express externally my internal world is a reflection of my external reality and vice versa mm. so if i'm walking around the world expressing hate expressing i don't know this person but they're a pos and like what a mm. jerk face and I don't care to understand them. And guess what? I'm canceling them right now without ever having a the conversation. This
0: six-year-old is not taking her academic career seriously. Serious, like, get out of here. You know, that kind of thing. That's how they're feeling on the inside. Imagine mm-hmm. what it's like
1: if you are one of those people I feel for you right now. Yeah. Because it is friggin' horrible to walk around in life with that much anger in your heart. That you yeah. that's that is your mode of expression. I ask everybody, choose a different mode of expression, learn a different mm-hmm. mode of expression, learn how to say, this has nothing to do with me, and I can control what I can control. And right now I can control joy. I can control I can get to
0: little uncle Buck energy in this up in this yeah. space. Okay. I can get up in this challenge and bring joy to it. The the moment that keeps coming to mind for me. Is when he drops her off at school, he says something along the lines of she's like, I won't be here. Don't pick me up. And he says something along the lines of like, stand me up today and I'll walk you into class in a bathrobe tomorrow. Yeah. Like that is rising to a bitchy challenge and a bitchy person with joy. That is joy in the face of a hater. You think this is bad, sister? You think I'm obnoxious, sister? Well, wait. Until I'm exhausted and do a podcast, then you'll really hear some exhaustion. <laughs> wow! Right? Oh exactly. my god! This from a woman who sends people cowbells in the mail. Anyway, so here's my <gasps> my final Uncle Buck question for yes. you. Oh boy! Metaphorically, because you know we don't want you to become a hater, but be mm. as specific or not name namey as you want. But you know, in the penultimate scene of Uncle Buck, our hero. Uncle Buck has kidnapped by force Tia's boyfriend. Bug <laughs> has bound him and gagged him mm-hmm. and thrown him into the trunk of the town and driven him perceivably all around town looking for his niece who is wandering the streets sobbing as a lot of fifteen-year-olds do. Right. Um, so, Laura, yes, in your stance against haters, but also for haters, because we Mm -hmm. want haters to not be haters. We want to care for them. But in your goals of expression, expansion, joy, turning up the volume, being loud, using your own idiom, standing Mm -hmm. firmly on those two feet, who do you wish or what do you wish you could bind, gag and throw into your trunk and drive around while you look for your niece? Oh my
1: gosh. Um,
0: Annie, I'm going to
1: go with, I actually, I'm I'm not, I'm going to go with a really similar uncle buck situation. Uh, I'm going to go with some of the guys I dated when I was younger who really, um, who did not treat me with respect which is another way of saying I did not treat myself with respect because I allowed myself to continue to be treated poorly. But for, um, for, for the fun of this challenge, I'm going to throw Tim specifically into the trunk and I will drive that little bitch around until he gets seasick Until he gets motion sick, he vomits all over himself. Maybe he pees himself. And then I'm going to dump him out on I-94 and let him find his way. That's what I'm going
0: to do. Okay. I don't think we're Oprah anymore. (laughs) Oprah's like, the
1: deal is canceled.
0: I think Oprah's like, well, I was going to give these two their own show on own. But now they're threatening kidnapping. You know what, Oprah? We're kidnapping from a place of joy. (laughs) <laughs> Laura, I freaking love you. I could talk to you every single day of my life. And I do talk to you every single day sure of my life talked. because you bring me so much freaking joy. Tell me and tell them how, if people are like, I need her, I need that yeah. joy. What is the best way for listeners to find you and start a conversation with you? So what I love to do
1: is I love to work with small business owners who want to get books solid in their business using podcasting. And you can get all the resources for how to do that and to contact me over at podcastbrandlab.com. We have a bunch of cool free resources to try out. And if you want to join one of my programs, you are welcome to do that there as well. Or just like say hi. Come find me.
0: Will you also tell us a little bit about your podcast?
1: Yes. So my podcast is called Brave by Design. And Brave by Design is focused on helping women in male dominated industries to rise. Uh, It was my challenge for a number of years. It is, in many ways, still a challenge that we as women just naturally face, especially as entrepreneurs. And so we have a lot of resources and strategies over there to help you rise in your career. And I am thrilled to say that Annie was on the show, and it is this episode has gone gangbuster. So if you want more of Annie, Go listen to her episode on non-sleazy sales because it is friggin' fantastic. I have heard about it constantly. Like constantly. Like I am it's actually also running. The
0: episode that birthed the love affair of Annie and Laura. Correct. Uh, the story <laughs> that is written every day in DMs where I basically just like thanking Laura for <laughs> Being in my life and and bringing (laughs) me so much joy. So before I stop this recording and puke affection all over our guest today, uh, I do want to thank you publicly for being here. I do really just I'm going to have to go back and listen to this one over and over because I feel like this was like therapy for my business soul and my personal soul and my like angsty john hughes teenage soul Mm. all in one so listeners i hope that this was also soothing for you laura thank you for being here i will be back in just a second to put some parameters around that joy audit homework and with my final thought this week thank you annie well hey there listeners Look at this, a TLTQ first, the first time homework has been decided upon during the episode. It's been a few months since I first recorded this episode with my beloved Laura, but I still stand by my choice. Your homework this week is to do a joy audit of your business, but more specifically, the people... In your business atmosphere. Create a list of your clients, as Laura suggested. Circle the ones who bring you joy and write out the specific traits of why. For me, it's coachability and a sense of humor. Then I encourage you to wholeheartedly go through the looking glass and ask yourself, do I bring joy into their lives? If not, why not? What examples from your previous list can inspire your actions and approach here? Would your contractors, your service providers, and yes, your clients count you among their sources of joy? If not, is it because they aren't the right fit for you to show up in joy? Or are you bringing weird curmudgeon energy or over-seriousness to your mutual tasks? Only you can know that. But... From personal experience, I'm glad to tell you this. There are a billion people to pay out there. A whole bunch of them are really good at what they do, but only a handful will simultaneously max out your joy meter. Alternatively, the people you value most have a lot of choice when it comes to whom they hire or take on as clients. Are you earning their spot on their joy roster? If not, why not? Best of luck finding your own personal Laura's. If you would like to be introduced to her or any other guest on this show, please don't hesitate to let me know. I'd be delighted to be your matchmaker. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and me, Annie P. Ruggles. What if you never had to sell alone again? If you always felt safe and seen and supported in selling situations because you only had to show up as your best and also most ordinary self? You can profit just by being you without one gimmick, one inch of sleaze. To find out more about our membership, visit www.nonsleazy.com. That's N-O-N-S-L-E-A-Z-Y. Dot com. Too Legitimate to Quit is written and hosted by me, Annie Pastanisi Ruggles. Our editor and producer is Andrew Sims of Hypable. Our incredible earworm of a theme tune was composed and performed by Riley Horbacio. Our beautiful show art is by Francois Vigno, And my beautiful, wonderful, amazing creative director, Georgia Curran, handles my social media accounts with care. Listen, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear how your homework is going, what you think of the show, or what topics you'd love to see covered here. Feel free to reach out to me on any platform with messages. But the best for me are LinkedIn, where you'll find me under my name, Annie P. Ruggles, or on Instagram, where you'll find me at Anniepreneur. And please don't forget to send this show to people that you think would benefit, or to drop us a review wherever you listen to podcasts that really helps our show grow. Until next week, remember, you're too legit to quit.